Internet, today's episode is sponsored by Midnight Tales, a collection of short stories by author Duke C. Let me tell you something. It's available right now on Amazon Kindle. 99 cents. That's right. You heard me right. 99 cents. If you fuck with the Premium P show, matter of fact, if you fuck with Premium P, all these years of free content, I don't ask for nothing. 99 cents. Support this good brother. Duke C. On Twitter, author Duke C. Make sure you tweet him too. Let me tell you a little bit about this book. It's a dark collection of short stories that will keep you turning page after page. Tales of murder, love, sex, and mystery are all entangled in colorful stories and intriguing characters that the reader will identify with, which is you. Let me tell you something. The first tale is about a woman who is losing her husband due to addiction and pain. Will she be strong enough to hold the family together while her husband deals with his past and present demons? Who knows? But we're going to have to find out. The last tale is about a couple who move into their new home, only to find out that there is a stranger living there with them. What? Say word. But let me tell you something. Head on over to Amazon Kindle, okay? I appreciate your support all these years. And when a sponsor comes on, we must support them. Midnight Tales, a collection of short stories by author Duke C. Okay? Go fuck with that. Cheer. Uh-oh. Here we go again. That's right, Internets. Welcome back to another episode of The Premium Peach Show. Let me tell you something. Shouts to everybody who checked out last week's episode, the Houston Live episode. Man, let me tell you. We, what we exactly planned out to do is what happened. We brought out hip-hop, politics, entrepreneurship. Listen, we brought out, let me tell you something. I said this. I don't know. I, don't know, I think I said this on Twitter. But, Internet, I want you to understand. Don't ever let somebody tell you you can't do something. Don't ever let somebody, you know, uh, that doesn't understand where you're going tell you where you need to go or where you need to be. If you have something in your heart, follow that shit. If you believe in yourself, okay, you could do anything. The reason why I say that for is for someone who growing up, who, you know, made bad choices, you know, got in trouble, kind of fucked up, okay, to think that 20 years later, changed my whole life around, that I'd be sitting down with a mayor of Houston. That was real special to me. I mean, I love throughout my, through, even throughout my podcasting career, if you want to call it that. I mean, I've been honored, honored to sit down with legends like Ice T and LL Cool J and J. Cole. And, and, and I mean, come on, Chuck D. So many, so many, so many people. But honestly, to sit down with the mayor of Houston and thank you to, to, to Bun for, Helping out with all that, man. We came down to Houston, man. Brought out the former mayor of Houston, Anise Parker. My brother, the Trill OG. The legendary Willie D. Another legend, Zero. And of course, former judge, lawyer, trial lawyer, former cop. I mean, this dude does entrepreneur and, and, and all that. Charles Big Angry Adams. And it was just really dope, man. Internet, we're going to be going on tour again soon, man. I can't wait to hit, hit a city near you. So, you know, when I start mentioning cities, there's only one thing I could do, and that's time to check the fuck in. So it's open up your Twitter app, okay? Or open up your Instagram app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, and check the fuck in. Where are you listening from? Were you in Chicago? Yo, last week Zimbabwe was on the check-in. Shouts to Zimbabwe. Shouts to Russia. Shouts to Chicago, London. Last week, who else was on there? Hong Kong, Shanghai, Detroit, Minneapolis. Come on, man. Thank you. Appreciate all the love out there. 
And I can't wait to come there and do a live show soon. So when I say check in, at the Premium Pete Show, at Premium Pete, let me know where you're listening from. Shout me out so I can tell you what the fuck is up, what's going on over there. And and don't tell me that you have good baked ziti or they have good slices of pizza in St. Louis. I don't believe you. Just check in and we can conversate. But I need to find out if it's really that good. But let me tell you another thing I'm going to say, and I said this before. Suggest the episode. If you fuck with the Premium Pete Show, suggest the episode to a friend. Even if they're not a podcast head, that's how you further this, by telling people. I remember, listen, rest in peace to my brother, Reggie Osei, a.k.a. Combat Jack. But I remember we used to speak about this shit all the time. The way to further is to give people the knowledge. Give people, like if you know somebody who wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to learn how to believe in himself more, send him the Gary Vaynerchuk episode that we did. If you know somebody that's into hoops, man, we, we got the Rod Strickland, the Smush Parker. I mean, if you're somebody, you know somebody who wants to learn about acting, I mean, we had Leo Brancato. We had uh, uh, Joseph Sikora, a.k.a. Tommy Egan from Power. Fashion. You want to get into fashion, building your own brand? Legends like Misa Hilton and April Walker. I mean, the list goes on. Produces. I mean, Pete Rock, Buck Wild. Who else? Man, with so many people. If you know an episode that you fuck with, that somebody who may not even, like I said, may not even be into podcasting that would appreciate, send it to him. And also send send some fucking support, you know. Like like I've been tweeting a lot. Like kind of like smile, like yo. Send support to people. That's something not done en- enough. And I don't care if it's if it's you do a girl or or guy to guy. Send support, man. Since it takes nothing to let somebody know, like yo, congrats, man, or or thinking of you, or wish you the best, or or I'm proud of you. Man, life is short, man. And the more you realize each and every one of us have an expiration date, the more that you will live your life like it's your last day here. Without, and not worrying if somebody is, 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 has something to say. Man, you're going to die. Who gives a fuck? You ain't going to probably see them again either. I don't know, Antonis. I don't know. But I do, but, but I do know one thing. Shouts to all my fellow parents this is another thing, too. If you're a parent or a parent-to-be or aunt or uncle or a friend or just a godmother or a godfather, let me tell you, there's some moments and we always continue to push presence over presence, and that's being in your kid's life or being in these kids' life, not, not, not the presence. And don't get me wrong, sometimes you buy presence, you know, presence with presence, of course, you have to be there. You buy a football, you got to fucking throw the thing around. But I want to say, you know, there's nothing like... Right now, you know, my daughter's going to be 18. She's leaving the college soon. My son is three. He goes to school. Day- daycare. There is nothing like that morning drop-off to school, whether that be a, a drive or a train or a bus ride or, or a walk. Nothing like that combo. Internets, if you're a fellow parent right now, make sure you embrace that moment. You can have some amazing, amazing convos with your kid, walking them to school, driving them to school in the morning, whatever it is. Take that time to, to lift them up, embrace them, and hear them out. More importantly, listen to them. It means a lot, man. And, and, and if you're a parent, fellow parent listening, you'll understand that you know, our kids are our future. And I oh, oh, oh one more thing I also want to do. I want to give a big shout out to Loopy Blogger. 
I know he's uh, in, in, in rehab right now, and he's trying to I, – he, he hit me up a couple of times. And, Internet, send the loopy blogger your blessings. The dude is a very talented dude, and he's fighting, he's fighting you know, uh, his demons. He's fighting his addiction. But he will, he will get through this, and he will have the support of his family and any internets that fuck with him. Let me tell you, when somebody's pure and somebody is telling you what they're going through, man, support that motherfucker. And that could just be by a tweet or just, you know, whatever it is. I Listen, when I was young and in group homes and institutional and stuff like that, you know, I've seen so many people fail, so many young kids fail and not make it back into the world. And you know why? They didn't have the support. They didn't have family members. So just be that for somebody, man. Be that. Internet, listen, this episode coming up, we actually taped it a couple of months ago. It was a, a, probably in October of last year. But it was a special episode. We had problems with the audio, and we finally got it fixed. We finally got it smooth. And what I'm talking about is the Andrew Schultz, the return of Andrew Schultz. His third time on the show, but his first time ever meeting Dallas Penn. Man, you, you know Dallas Penn was in the building, and when he's in the building with Andrew Schultz, uh, listen, okay? It was smart, it was funny, and he was also pushing his project 441. It's on YouTube. It's a comedy series, and it's dope. And I don't care if it's a couple months old episode, he could always use some fresh eyes on this shit. I support what Andrew Schultz doing. He's a funny motherfucker. He's a weird fuck, but internet. let me tell you something. The return of Andrew Schultz episode featuring Dallas Penn. Let's get into it. Cheer. Come on, everybody get set, let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up, it's the Premium Pete Show. If you want to scoop in the low, down low. Listen to the show, cause Milk said so. Fuck what you heard, better act like you know. It's the Premium Pete Show. Internets, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show. Listen, this one is going to be not only funny, but also maybe informative. Whoa. Maybe, maybe. Whoa. I got my, listen, third time returning guest. Third. This Triple is the crown, third baby. time. Andrew Schultz in the building. Hi. He's like, hi. Dallas Penn is back in action. Internet. Mr. DP. Uh, he was talking beforehand with Andrew about his uh, diabetes and his gangrene. Uh, we're all happy that we don't have to see Dallas's foot, for those of you who have seen it. But Dallas is good. Man, he's looking slim. Still got the titty meat, but he's still looking slim, you know. Lactating. Okay, okay. You are? Yeah. Now, uh, um, you know you know what I like about Andrew? You know what I love about DP? When he takes pictures, he asks yeah. people to take him titty up. Right. You know? For somebody that says no homo for everything that's even a little bit gay, you are totally comfortable with just throwing DP out there. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not even a question about and, it. Listen, Andrew, welcome back, man. Welcome yeah, back, yeah, man. Yeah. What's good? It's good to see you. And, Andrew, let nothing go in your behind. Nothing. Well, that's definitely a pause. But look, thicker, <laughs> thicker than a pinky. That's right. Or less loving than a tongue. Well, I always tell people... Nothing can go in thicker than a pinky, less loving than a tongue. Okay, so you're okay with the pinky insertion? Mm, I guess he's saying... I've heard great things about this. I've, I've never tried it myself. N- nothing, nothing should be larger than a pinky. Nothing in life should be larger than a pinky. No. Okay, what if it's not a pinky? What if it's something else? Is it less loving than a tongue? Mm. Is it less loving... Than a tongue. 
Uh, yes. Probably. Well, then, no. Yeah. Well, I don't no. know. Is dick less loving than tongue? What the fuck? I'm just saying. I mean, listen. Is a dick smaller than a pinky? S- have you been to parts of... Yemen? What were you talking about earlier? <laughs> no, said, I don't know. You're talking about semen. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> my friend. <laughs> Premium Pete had semen on the mind. Listen, hey, listen, listen. Yo, this took a turn. My bad. My first, bad. Of, first of all, what I really enjoy. Yo, I, I just met Andrew Schultz. That's what I want to say. For the first time. You never, I can't believe you never met I Andrew Schultz. Swore and Andrew, Andrew Schultz was about five foot four, Bro. five, five. I just, I, for some reason. I, I get I, it every time, man. I pictured him being much. So he's like six, two, six, three. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, who's this big doofy guy? Like, they got for security <laughs> now. Like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, yo, what's up, man? Andrew Schultz. I was like, oh fuck. It's true, oh, man. Everybody it. thinks I'm tiny. I think I'm short waisted. Not short waisted. <laughs> short torsoed. Because yeah. for real, or maybe I just I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my last name. Everybody assumes I'm like some like scrawny Jewish dude or something like that. But yeah, it could I'm be judgmental. But your brother is tall. My brother's your, six six. Your father is tall. My dad's six. Good six one. What is your mother? Six three. Why? No, she's about 5'7". Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, I don't have a super tall mom. Okay, okay. Hey, yeah. listen, it just it, the father's genes is good enough. You know, right off the bat, mm-hmm. for people who don't know Andrew Schultz, comedian, content creator, reality show, et cetera, et cetera. Comedians, I was telling someone the other day, are so easily offended. You think? I, I mean, I feel like, no, you know. Talk to me. So I, I'm, I'm just saying. Are they? I think comedians are very sensitive mm-hmm. people. But uh, they like to front like they're not sensitive, but a lot of times our personalities are a defense mechanism. Mm. So what would be something that offends you? I mean, comedians... It's hard to offend me, dog. Nothing has ever offended you? No, things do, but like I'm less... I don't like to use the word offended because I think it's some real bitch shit, Mm -hmm. but like I get bothered by things. Mm. Like I'm not offended personally, but like inconsistency bothers me. Hypocrisy bothers me. Like these things really kind of get my blood boiling. That's when I get in my most Twitter beef. Yeah, mm, over some you know inconsistency, just dumb shit. Yeah, like this girl from fucking Westworld. You guys watch that show at all? Mm-hmm. You watch Westworld? I, Evan I Rachel yeah. Wood. You know the girl who plays Dolores. Yes. So she, so apparently James Cameron, you know the guy, the director of Titanic, he directed Avatar, directed you know fucking everything, Terminator Two. He said some shit. He was like, "Yo, Wonder Woman is trash. I don't know why women love Wonder Woman. All she is is an objectified icon, mm. right?" Basically saying like, "Yo, she's just titties. Like she's not that great for women. It's just a chick in a fucking bikini. Why you love her so much?" And Evan Rachel Wood and a bunch of these blogs came out and they were just like, "Here's a guy mansplaining." You know what it is, uh, or listen. The reason we love Wonder Woman is because of the nonsense that we have to listen to, like James Cameron mansplaining. Mm. Now, that's the shit that bothers me, because you're judging his statement only by his gender, not by the fact that this dude, literally in every movie that he's put out that's a blockbuster, has a strong, stereotype-defying female lead. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. just tight. He's not getting the credit. You know what I mean? Like right, somebody, right, right. it's like Diddy ripped off his track and didn't, it didn't, you know, give him some residuals or something like but, that. But not only that, but just that one forty somehow defines who he is. You know how he thinks as a person. Exactly. I gotta tell you something. Wonder Woman in and how many is eighty years? Yeah, never had a nip slit. Mm. You're mm. not even trying hard, Wonder Woman. You know, I mean, think about it. Do you, <laughs> I mean, you see effort? what she's wearing. Yeah. Like, like, like there should have been a nip slip at least Facts. one of these years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know. A Janet Maybe Jack that's me? her real superpower. That. <laughs> we haven't seen labia or nip slip. That's right. That's right. One woman, for all we know, could be, uh, you know, well, crossing the lines. Well, if you watch Bootleg. Transforming. If you watch you think Bo- she's, oh, you think it might be trans? Why not? I mean, I haven't seen a single tampon string. 
we've we've never seen a nip slip. We've never, you know, one woman's never going through any women times problems. Facts. Mm. I need you to save the world, not for the next four days. Right, right. One woman's always ready to go. And real talk, she I've seen her body dudes. And I'm thinking to myself, man, like, yo, Bruce Jenner could have been Wonder Woman. Mm. He is. Mm. He is Wonder Woman in a or she, whatever. Right. She is Wonder Woman. Like, in a yo, you way. don't want to catch hands from Bruce Jenner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why are you seeing him? He gets slap box? Uh, but the boy, the man's got hands. Two gold rings. Mm-hmm. Or no medals. Medals. I mean, this guy's an elite athlete. He, of thank you. Absolutely. He's, he, he's got to have some kind of hands. This woman. This this woman this is woman. an elite athlete. Thank you. I apologize. Okay, okay. Yo, yeah, um, you started this thing called Question of the Day. I did. Yeah. Explain what it is and why did you start it? I just wanted to do some daily content. I wanted to put shit out. I like to be proactive. And uh, I thought it would force me. If I called the question of the day, I thought it would force me to actually put some things out. And I just asked, you know, whatever questions on my mind that day and whatever I'm kind of pondering. Sometimes what, it has to do with news. Sometimes it's not, you know. What's some that were really got some great response? I don't know if any got some great response, but my question of the day the other day was about, like, building this border wall and signing the DACA or getting rid of DACA. Mm-hmm. And like my question was, do we want to do that now because we got to rebuild Florida and Texas? And I don't see us doing that without Mexicans. Mm-hmm. So maybe regardless of your politics, we just pump the brakes on that shit. Right. I know how Americans work. We ain't going to build Florida and Texas for the next 40 years if Americans do it. But if you get Mexicans in there, I'm not going to say it's going to stay built. It will fall apart. But they'll be back. Like, the cities will be back, you know, and they'll be put together, you know, with some duct tape. Whatever it is. I don't know. Fucking top of the I don't know whatever you're using to hold the shit together. But those, it's going to be little back. Budweiser nips. That's it. A little one of there. You're going to be totally hey, good. That's not right. Listen. Come on. Know, but you know what? You are right. You know, it's crazy that. In America, especially Mexicans, yeah. you know, they do a lot of the jobs that us lazy fucks don't want to do. Oh, yeah. And they mm-hmm. help make, you know, make and create a lot of stuff. Bro, when I was working in construction for a short fucking month, mm-hmm. um, because I just could not deal with fucking picking up shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never forget, I, I got on that thing, what's that thing called, jackhammer? Yeah. I almost went down the block. For instance, they, they knew, like, like, I met a couple of Mexicans. And even Indians on the construction site that I was working at when I was young that came and that I would use for jobs to, you know, at my house. They would come and put together like a, a shelf or come and put a door. Things I didn't know how to do. Bro, I've, I, I've never met a group of people that are more skilled in everything um, involving fixing than Mexican people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 15-year-old, I would work in restaurants, 15-year-old delivery guy, the fucking oven would break, and he'd be, oh, five mini, come back, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking oven's fixed. But you, you delivery okay, okay, guy, I, didn't I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you're giving uh, Filipinos enough credit. They are Asian Mexicans. They, they they're, are, they're, they're a combination they're of a Mexican and a Chinese person. And if you listen to their right? last name, sometimes their last name is Barrios, sometimes their last name the, is the combination. The combination of the mathematics of the Chinese, yeah. the work ethic of the Mexican. Oh, it's a great human. You know the top. Are we genetically engineering yeah. workers? Is that what we're doing? <laughs> they're, they're slandering all the Mexicans. This is this is going to be a, a gear switch, but sure, sure. The writing process for you for stand up for for yes for stand up. Oh, I mean, do can you fucking tweet and then write? Um, I'll, I honestly, it all comes from conversation for me. 
So, like, conversations we'll have right now, like, we're talking about Mexicans. I mean, I have a bunch of, of, of obviously, jokes probably already established, some of them, on the on the project I'm putting out now. But, like, but it will be a conversation we'll have about Mexicans and work ethic or what they've done for America, et cetera. And then, you know, maybe one of us will say something funny, I'll get an idea, and then, boom, all of a sudden, you know, start triggering and go from there. So that's what it's always been for me. I need conversation. I'm not one of these guys that can just sit down and like write. Right. So you don't you don't sequester yourself. You're you're really you get, you get into a group. So you kind of like like get into like a a group chat. Honestly, yes, that's mm-hmm. the best way for me mm-hmm. because I like the reaction. Like I feed off of that. I'm not one of these guys that just goes and writes in a notebook until some funny shit pops up. It doesn't work for me like that. I mm-hmm. gotta have the conversation. We gotta have a topic, and we gotta go for it off of that. But but let me ask you. Even growing up, yeah, what. Was your favorite comedians? Uh, my favorite comedian ever. First comic I knew about was Eddie Murphy's Delirious. My dad and I listened to that on a cassette tape. Mm. And uh, I remember my dad dying laughing at Eddie's impression of Ralph Cramden getting fucked. <laughs> From the honey movers, humming, 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 yeah, yeah. And I remember, come seeing, on, Ralphie boy, come on, Ralphie boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that shit, and I was like, man, I want to make my dad laugh like that. And then, uh, and then I would say like the next comic that kind of shaped me was Rock, mm. and then I fell for that fucking. Uh, I mean, it was great, but I fell for that. What's it called? Def Comedy Jam trap where they send you the new VHS every fucking week. Mm-hmm. You think you're getting one, and my dad was like, "Why do we have seventy five VHS tapes?" You know. So I, I, I guess my trick, my dad into giving his credit card for that. And then um, later on, it was Patrice O'Neill. Man, Patrice mm-hmm. O'Neill was a uh, was yeah. I think he's to me, he's the best ever. He's my favorite. Mm-hmm. But you, yeah, you ever feel that Patrice was like you know not fully appreciated and underrated? Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's weird. It's like. Comedy is an interesting game. Like, we get the idea that people just kind of pop up out of nowhere. But if you look at, like, the greats, the great greats, even the guys right now, they're old. Like, Louis old. Mm-hmm. Chris is old. You know, Chappelle had his resurgence. But when you even think about it, nobody was fucking with Chappelle's stand-up until after the sketch show. Right. Right? Like, he was, he was a famous guy. He was in movies. But he wasn't, like, the best stand-up ever. Then the sketch show popped. Boom. So. That, that, that gave more looks. I mean, nah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because Chappelle was with was with Brewer uh, yep. for a while, and, and yeah, yep. I mean, he was he was definitely in the periphery. He was not the he wasn't the main guy just yet. He was famous, but he wasn't like the legend that we know him to be right now. So I think it does take time, man. And I think Patrice, to be honest with you, is like what the reason I liked him is he was one of those guys that challenges conventional wisdom, right? And all great comics challenge conventional wisdom, but what we share with people is selfish, right? Like, if there's a great joke defending how great Mexicans are, a Mexican guy will share it. You might not because you don't have that tribe that you're supporting, mm-hmm. right? So I think what Patrice was doing, Patrice was Patrice was doing a lot of, like, women ain't shit material. Mm-hmm. And dudes were too scared to share it. Because they're trying to get pussy. Mm. So no joke is funnier than pussy feels good. Right? So so I can't share this because then I might not get some pussy if I'm sharing this sentiment. And you know the girls sure as fuck ain't going to share it. So it's not like he was battling for Italians or battling for black people or battling for Asians, etc. He was just painting himself into a a spot that made it tough for people to, to, to get behind him. Yep. I mean, if you if you look at Patrice's fans, they're real more like comedy enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And 
what I've noticed about stand up is it there's not there's very few fans of stand up. There's fans of stand up comic. Okay. You okay. know what I mean? Like, there's fans of basketball, which is like you could just see the sport, the sport exactly. itself, right, right, right. right. You so know the I mean? sport of comedy, people don't people don't fuck with, but they nah. follow they they follow a particular comic. Boom, hard body. Boom. I'm a mm. big fan, especially it's almost like boxing in that way, where mm. like you're like ethnicity defines your fan. Like George Lopez's fans are going to be majority Mexican, right? Right. Uh, I mean Chris Rock's fan. Chris Rock's a completely you know transition he's just known yeah, as one of the greats but on a come up uh, Martin Lawrence his fans were black yeah you know the kings of comedy black people were at their shows Martin Lawrence is back to that too now is he back <laughs> is he, he well you know, I'm, no, I'm saying he's, he's back to just having black fans <laughs> right 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 right, right. <laughs> well black people are the most uh, I don't know if I would say loyal but like once I've realized once you're black famous they will hold you down forever as long as you don't leave them mm. But if you leave them, if you let them know, hey, now that white people fuck with me, I only fuck with white people, yeah, yeah. you're dead to black people. Oh, bro. well, I mean, listen, how many people have springboarded, you know, from the from the black, from the black side of things? Madonna springboarded. Facts. Madonna bounced heavy. You she, know? she went gay. Yeah. She was like, gay's got me. Yeah, but oh, but she went gay black, though, so. Okay. And then she and then she whitened it up a little bit. But right, yeah. right. Yeah, but a pink. Pink. I always think about Pink. For sure. And Pink was, Pink was, she came out on like R&B stations. Mm. And then boom, she was, uh, you know, down on Z100. Right, 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 know, right. Doing aerials at the MTV Awards. Do you think that that was a natural progression? Do you think that like, do you think that's what these singers are thinking about? Or do you think the execs are going, yo, why don't we tap into this fan base because they'll hold you down? I imagine it's, it's an executive decision. I imagine a singer wants to sing. Interesting. You know, plus someone that doesn't. Again, here's the difference for you as a content creator. Yeah. You know, you you're kind of creating your messages. You're you're filtering the things you hear, the things you experience, and you're creating your message. Right. With most singers, you know, they've got they've got a there's a songwriting team that the executives put around them and say, hey, here's a group of songs that I think you would sound nice singing. Mm. Here's a group of songs right. that that Britney Spears sung. You know, so you got the a similar range. This is you, what you fit in. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't got a cho- choice because I got to write my own jokes. Right. So this is going to come out however the fuck they come out. Right. Right. But, and it's going to be representative of you. Right. <laughs> like, well, you're 57 years old. What are you tweeting 420 for? Why you even smoke weed still? No, no, no. Please don't tell me that. Come you got to stop smoking. You got to stop smoking weed. You smoke weed for your diabetes. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. Exactly. Okay. You smoke one thing that makes you want to eat carbs more than anything <laughs> <laughs> to test your resilience. That's a that should... So you don't munch out after? No, I don't. I God, don't. God but bless. I mean, but hold on for a second. Hold on for a second. I mean, fucking pistachios. Now that's legit. I yeah. fuck with. I fuck with a good pistachio. I always had a theory that pistachios are like anal, in that like. Pistachios are mad expensive. Though. No, not in. They cost a lot to fuck money, but fuck ass. But like. It's the, the 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 nut itself isn't that good. The reason we think it's good is because it's so hard to get. Mm. So like anal is like this doodle coming out of it. It's just it's there's no reason you should want to fuck a girl's ass, mm. right? Ever, right? Mm. Shit comes out of the ass, and yes. there's a perfectly good pussy thing right next to it that's made for dicks, and it feels amazing. But since she's like, nah, I never let a guy fuck me in the ass, and me like, no, nah, I'm gonna break this shell. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm gonna break this fucking shell. I'm gonna get in there right, somehow. Right, right. That, that's that pistachio shell that don't even have the crack in it. Exactly. And you, with the, yes, exactly. The, with the determination, yeah. oh, I'm gonna get when this you get one. In your teeth, you're like, no, I'm, I'm just gonna, gonna get this one open. Yes. Yo, you know, you yes. know, speaking about, yes. uh, you're speaking about ass. The that's shell a great is point. not even crack, bro. That's the 
what? That's a great point. Bro, that is the biggest blue balls when the last one in the bag got a closed shell. Oh, you're like, all yo, the time. Am all I about time. to break out a hammer to get all a little fucking. Oh, hell no. You, you put it right in your mouth. And, and crack it on the side <laughs> of your tooth. Yo, Andrew, you said before that you only need sex once a week. Twice. Twice a week? Yeah, Why? I can fuck two times a Why? week. I don't Why? need nothing more. Why? Because I'm grown, bro. I'm not an addict. Mm. Mm. Why wow, you out of here having sex every single no, day? I, I'm 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 an, I'm an emotional person to sex. Meaning, like if I see a girl, uh, you know that I'm like, oh wow, you know, yeah, I would want that. And if you know, I make that proceeding and that happens, so you want to have sex with the same girl every day? No, no. no. First of all, I'm a parent. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I, so I'm, I'm so that changes. I can have right. sex with a different girl every day. That's right. not no. But you said twice a week. Listen, if I'm the fuck- same person. If I'm fucking the same person twice a week is great. Right, mm. right. We do it on a Sunday and then either on a Wednesday, Thursday. I think we're going. But if you got to add somebody else into that rotation now. So if we could add someone else in this, I have sex with a new girl every meal. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's easy because we're primal in that Forget way, right? It's it. just like spread a seed. That's too much. I think I, I could eat the same meal several times. Two times a week, I could have pizza. If I'm eating pizza seven days a week, it's like, yeah. I, you know, how many times do I have to eat this pizza until the pizza knows I love well, it? Well, then, then you then you get off pizza for like a week. That's the thing. You that's what I try to do. I want to I want to separate out the. I got work to do, bro. I can't be. Yeah. Fucking you had all a time. girl. You had a girl for how long? I had a girl for four years, and I got a girl for like a year after no, the her. most recent one. I, she was. I was with her for like a year. Nobody knows about her though. Okay, I, okay. like I don't year. think she was a girl. Yeah, she was a guy. Okay, my bad. No, Bruce Jenner. I'm playing with you, yo, yo, yo. You're sick. That's why no one knew. <laughs> no, 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 no. But now I was with this girl okay. who was born a girl and yeah. still presents as a girl. <laughs> you have to qualify. I'm not joking, bro. I'm on these dating apps now. This shit is stressful, b. I'm on a dating app. I'm looking at pictures, looking for Adam's apples. I'm looking for like how big her hand is around a Snapple bottle she's holding. Like, <laughs> is she encompassing the whole Snapple bottle? Now I gotta X the picture. It's it's stressful. It's a different time, yo. We had to deal with shit they didn't have to deal with back in the day. There was I mean, one we, tranny. It was fucking Jonah Ark. It, 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 it was coming. I saw it coming with Black Planet. Mm, mm. Talk to me. Mm. I saw it coming with Black Planet. The Black Planet. Well, Do people well, first know first about know, Black Planet? First of all, the Black Planet page used to take like 10 minutes to load. Yeah. Mm. People put that music on that shit. Yeah, yeah. But, man, yeah, listen. To put the music to cover up your modem. <laughs> but I saw, I saw with Black Planet, man, where it was like, you know, the, the scene was changing. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. Here's the fucked up thing. People think this is crazy. But, like, let's say God's gift to somebody, because God gives everybody a gift. But let's say God's gift to someone is they gave them this gorgeous fucking mouth. Mm. This beautiful fucking mouth. Yeah, yeah. Who am I to turn down someone offering me their gift from God? Mm. Nobody. Do you. It's your, it's your dick. Do what you want. Now, 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 I, the only thing is... God gave them a beautiful mouth. That's a pretty mouth. A pretty mouth. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No, so you're saying like you would get head from a trance. Well, from well. a pretty mouth. So you're not attaching a gender to the mouth at all. The no, mouth, you, how the could mouth you? doesn't have a gender. No, a mouth a mouth doesn't have a gender. But what about when it but finishes? But a mouth has an agenda. But what about when it finishes and like burps and goes, "Yo, that was dope." <laughs> what about that? That, that <laughs> doesn't have a gender. That's not, that's not a pretty mouth. Yo, you taste <laughs> like not, cinnamon rolls. That's bro. not a pretty mouth. That's not Damn, a pretty mouth. Is that gangrene? What did what I taste <laughs> right there? A, a pretty mouth would never. A pretty mouth would never sound like oh, that. Oh shit! Yo, yo, yo! Yo, I had a girl blow me as well and said I taste like muffins. I've never been so complimented in my entire life. <laughs> what kind of muffins? And so sure her mom can't cook for shit. <laughs> in the same time, like you know, I, mean? I felt great and like oh, sad, sad girl eating flaxseed muffins her whole life. What's the worst sex you ever had? The worst sex I've ever had in my life. 
Wow, that's a that's a that's a good one. Hmm. I don't know, man. Oh, I I had sex with this Ukrainian hooker when I was in the Ukraine, and the first time it was okay, but the second time I could, I tried to do it another time because my boy did, and I told you I don't fuck more hmm. than twice a week, and I had already you know, and um, what I didn't like about it is. And I, I don't think I could fuck hookers for this, and I know I definitely can't rape because of this. I don't. I couldn't trust her reaction. Like when she's making these sounds and stuff like that, I'm like, is this because you like my dick, or is this because I'm paying you and you want to please me? So in a way, I'm too insecure to fuck hookers or rape a girl because I need the real reaction. Like even in my comedy, I've noticed I gotta piss you off with the premise. Just to trust the laugh you give me, because mm. I know I I know premises everybody's gonna go with, right? Donald right. Trump's an asshole. Now whatever I say, you gotta laugh, or else you're a bad person. You're not woke. This, that, the other. Right. The joke that's more fun for me is the, you know, ladies, you do love Donald Trump, and you got a lot in credit in common with him. That's now it's like if I can get some women to laugh at that shit. Oh, that's a good joke. Mm-hmm. So I feel the same way about hookers. Mm. I can't. Mm. I would love to have sex with a hooker off of strictly game. Like, not pay her at all. I love that your personality is really based on your insecurity. Facts. So it's Who's like... Who's isn't, though? It's, it's, like, it's like, wait a minute. I got to make you guys not fucking like me in order for you to like me. Or in at least in order for me to trust. trust you. In order for me to trust you. Yeah, That's like, dope. That's I got dope. This, That's dope. I got this, this, this uh, comedy project coming out tonight. And, uh, well, I don't know when this is going to be out, but it should be out right now. And it's on my YouTube. You can get 441. 441. And it's, Why'd uh, you name it that, first of all? Because uh, I'm doing four clubs, four sets in one night. It's, uh, and I got the cab rides and everything in between. And it's basically a night being in, in the life of a New York comic, et cetera. I didn't want to do the typical special where you got the fucking curtain and you go out and do whatever. And it's short. It's only like 17 minutes. Mm. Uh, but I mean, the first joke on the special is about, um, why I think, uh, teachers having sex with their students is, is good and important. So why? Cause, uh, every one of the school shooters said they did it because they weren't getting laid. Mm. So in my mind, how do we know these teachers aren't heroes? Mm. Mm. But they are young teachers having saved lives. But keep in mind. That's what I said. I said, suck a dick, save a school. But the young, I mean, for me, here's a problem I have. Right? Yeah. Now, these 16, kids, 17 years old. These, well, 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 some of them are 14, 13. Here's the thing. No, they're kid, not. These teachers are fucking, every one of these kids is like 16, 17 years old. I remember being 16. Okay. Unmolestable. Mm-hmm. You couldn't molest me at 16. Mm. A teacher was going to take advantage of you at 16 years old. Any teacher throwing me some pussy at 16, I was throwing a dick back at it. I mean, I mean, oh, I had teachers, I had a redheaded teacher, me, uh, uh, um, Man, I think her, maybe it was Mrs. Teresa or whatever. I don't know what the fuck her name was. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I would have fucking, I would have, I would I would have put her through the sheetrock, you know, if, so if she gave me a chance. Point. But here's the thing. We come from a different time, too. A lot of these kids are letting people know, you know, telling, like, I don't know. I, listen, if it's underage and it's young, I don't agree with that. But if it's at an age where it's like, you, you know, like you said, 16, 17, yep. why would you ever say something? In I my opinion, why would you say like? Let me yo, clarify. I'm not okay with male teachers having sex with female students. Mm, okay, mm. and that's because female students don't shoot up schools. Mm. Okay, so there's no reason to fuck them. Yeah, but we have these males, right? But we have with these facts, facts, facts right? Facts, you don't have facts. to have sex with them. You know what I mean? If they start shooting up schools like crazy, then fucking release Jared from Subway no, from God jail forbid. immediately. No, 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 no. You know, whatever. I, I gotta Keep be honest. With you, I don't have a problem with um, adults. Having sex with eighteen-year-old girls, yeah, eighteen is legal though. 
Right, right, right. right. I mean, I'll be, I will, this is a little bit, uh, and, and I, when I say 18, I mean like 17 in three months. <laughs> when I say 18, I mean like 11. No, 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 but no, I don't agree with that. No, no, because, but, well, here's, here's, here's the question we should have about this 18 is a made up number. Right. Mm. You go to uh, Canada at 16, you go to Europe, it's like some places 14, some places 16. For 18 what? is a number that we assume it's not about looks, 18. 18 is a, is a mental number. It's we assume women will have and men will have the ability to think for themselves and be accountable for their own actions so that old people can try to manipulate them and we're like, hey, now you're on your own. Mm-hmm. Anything below that we think is wrong and molesty. And, and when did we even come up with that number? Because, frankly, when we were in agrarian culture, when we were all farming... Son, they were having sex at 14 years uh, old. They were marrying people at 14. Marrying people at 13, 14? Bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs happen at what? 13, right? Quinceanera happens 16. at 15. 15. 15. 15. 15. 15. 15. 15. Yeah. Sweet 16. I speak Spanish very badly. Whatever. But you got it. You're close. Yeah. You know what I mean? You might go to jail off of speaking Spanish badly. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, um, here is the question. If you have a 17-year-old girl that looks 25, and there are absolutely Dominican and Puerto Rican chicks there might be 17 that look 25 years old and you are attracted to them, right? And then there is a 25-year-old Asian girl that looks like she's 14 and someone is attracted to that girl. Mm-hmm. Who's really the pedophile? Mm. What you're doing is illegal. Right. But that person's attracted to a 14-year-old. Right. You're attracted to a 25-year-old that happens to be... I'm attracted to someone presenting themselves... As, as an adult. A, as an adult, yes. So in my personal opinion, now laws have to be strict so we send people to jail, but in my personal opinion, you're not a fucking pedophile in that reason. Like if you show the the, the, the the judge how this girl looks, you know, and she's looking like Amber Rose, she just happens to be 17, the judge has got to look at you like, yo. Now I got to be honest with you. I'm so old right now that I look at a 25-year-old like, and I lick my lips and I'd be like, "Ooh, I wonder what her mother's doing." <laughs> you ain't shit. I wonder what her mother's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but you feel me like it's one of those things where like, yes, we have a have to have a law that's just an arbitrary age and I think 18 is respectable. I think you go up to 19. The older I get, I'm like you. The older I get, the more I appreciate a little bit older woman. That being said, if you're, you know, you can't help what you're attracted to and if you're attracted to adults, that's what you're attracted to. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I do feel that some, you know, over the years of growing up and, and seeing a lot of young girls mess with older guys, I always felt that they had daddy issues when I seen that. Like a girl that was 18 fucking with a 50-year-old. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I've always seen, you know, and I've seen, I, I know I know uh, 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 my mother's friend, her daughter, uh, I mean, we were about 19, I remember, and, 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 and I'm, I mean, I was fucking a bunch of different girls, and this guy came to pick her up. Bro, this guy had... A fucking gray, gray beard, bald head. Yeah. I was like, yo, how old is that dude? She's like fifty four. Yeah, wow. I was like, yo, that's it's a lot. Too much. You know? She was getting that guap though. I mean, probably. I mean, you know, and guap you never changed. To them, like when I date these young girls now, they're like twenty one, twenty two, twenty three years old. It's hard to converse with them, bro. Oh shit, bro, you dating is about, tough. You, you bring up something like Charles in Charge, and they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They got no clue what you're Right, right, right. Reference yeah. that's that's rough too. Not being able to connect on reference. Reference what references I gotta bring up. Yeah. Pretty yeah. little pretty little lies. Yep. Whatever the that pretty show little is. liars, yeah. Pretty little and, liars. And and it's you gotta understand too, uh, like bro, I remember when I got uh, um 
you know, when I was on a dating scene a couple of years ago, some you know, Disney snow, Disney snow. Some I'm, I can't even say Disney show shit. Yeah, you so, got to bring up like Elsa from fucking from uh, um, <laughs> what is it mermaid? called? Not uh, the mermaid. Uh, That's how old we are. We only know old shit. <laughs> Aladdin. Oh, uh, no, no, but really, like, what's Elsa from? The fu- you're young. Uh, a Little Mermaid. Finding Nemo. No, the, nah, the fucking Viking bitch. Beauty that, and the Beast. Look, goes to find the Ursula. one that all these little girls sing. Shrek. No, Frozen. Frozen. That's the one. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't have, I, don't, I don't have no fucking Let kids. I don't Let know. It go. Yeah. No, no. But real, real talk. Um, dating is fucking tough. I want to explain to you why. When I was dating before I met Nat, when I was dating, um, yo, it was tough for me too. You know, like the cool thing is like you know I had my own place, you know, car, work, making money, yeah. right? So you invite different people, you meet different people. Everybody is 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 different. Like I'll never forget. I, I brought out this one girl and I took her out to eat. And and literally, she just told me, like, we were hanging out. Because I like to eat, you know, sit down and eat with somebody, get the bullshit, talk, find out who they are, yeah. you know, enjoy food. This girl straight up told me, like, yo, most dudes take me to fucking, like, you know, uh, uh, um, Chili's and fucking uh, uh, Fridays. She's like, you getting a pussy she, tonight. Oh, she's a classic. And I was like, okay. So right away, yeah, dead serious. Dead serious told me that. And, and, and you know, but that girl came and went. But then you started, I mean, I met older women. I was the pussy. Pussy was okay. It was okay, and I'm explaining to you why. She was good with Waffle House. Yeah, I think that she told you how the pussy was going to be. Mm. Yeah, but I still she had, had taste Chili's it. She had Chili's Friday's pussy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and I, I had her at a, a nice you Italian restaurant. You're expecting a nice, uh, you know, Tomasimo's or wherever the fuck you took her. You're not going to get that. <laughs> yeah, but even like you think you're about it. You're going to get a value meal. Older woman. <laughs> value crazy. You're going to get some shit that comes with a free half sandwich and soup. <laughs> Even older woman, you're crazy. <laughs> even true. Old, bro, but even older woman, like dating, like so. So I went through a mixture. Dating older woman was tough. Like they, yeah. they, they were jaded. You know, they, 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 they were hated their husband. All they did was talk about like that. And yeah. then I remember even dating like you know a, a, a couple of younger girls, like maybe like 24, 23. Yeah, you know, and at that time yeah. I was like ten years older than them. But all they wanted to do was like they were happy that. Like, oh, could you get us, you know, could we have, you know, like, they, they could smoke in the house, like smoke cigarettes, yeah. smoke weed. Bro, I'm going to be honest about these young girls, though. Mm. They're nice with technology. Yeah. Like, I had this one girl come over and teach me how to use my remote, but she didn't teach me. She just kind of did it. Like, I had one of those wand remotes, mm. you know, the ones where you can wave on the TV and the, there's a little cursor on the TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, I don't even know how to switch that shit into not wand. She pressed like two buttons and all of a sudden she's scrolling without the wand and I had to act like I knew how to use my shit and I was like, yo, isn't it cool how you could just get, how you doing that right there? You know <laughs> how exactly what's going on here. So these young girls are good for teaching you how to use technology that's passing you by. Yeah, but some of them do shit that I don't understand. Like for instance, my daughter, her and her friends, they share their location. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Like the, 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 their friends share First of all, their location. That's a great thing. Now you know where your daughter is. No, with their friends. We she don't share have... with me. She tries to block me. Yeah, but now at least a friend knows where she is. Back in the day, the, the way we would know where our kids are is somebody on the news would go, hey, it's 10, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your kids are? And then you're supposed and to go. And you look around and be like, oh, oh shit. I have kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> where the fuck is that? kids for a second. That piece of shit, Andrew. That's what your father was saying. You know? Let me tell you something. In comedy, right? And we talk about. How comedy makes people laugh, but then again, and you know, people are so depressed. You look at somebody like Robin Williams. Sure. You know, look at somebody like Sam Kinison. Sure. You know, uh, there's, I mean, tons of people we could. I talk get why about. these people kill themselves. By why? The way. I think what happens is, and you see it with a lot of celebrities, why they kill themselves, and it's so per- perplexing to us, right? Because we're like, well, how could you kill yourself if you have what we want? And I think them killing themselves makes more sense to me, mm. and it's because. These are people who are miserable their whole life, and the only thing that keeps them alive is hope, right? They're like, 
one day when I'm famous and successful, then I'll be happy. And then they get famous and successful. And get even more miserable. They're still not happy. And then they go, well, there's nothing else. I might as well kill myself. This is life. Like, if you watch Mm -hmm. Jim Carrey now, Jim Carrey's bugging. Have you seen him? Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody's kind of rewarding him. He just had this really weird interview. Right, right, right. For for Fashion Week. Or some Fashion fashion Week. week. None of this makes sense. None of this is important. And everybody's doing this thing where, like, oh, Jim Carrey, you're so fucking cool. You're the realest. You're the realest. Any what that's about. Mm. Say what? Who no 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 Carrie no. No, no Carrie didn't kill anybody. No, no, he didn't no, kill no. anybody. The mask. The mask did. The mask stupid. <laughs> but point is like what people aren't seeing about this is that Jim Carrey's at a point with his life where he's miserable and he's realized nothing will make him happy. So what he's decided to do is instead of going, Hey, I'm a miserable person. He's going, there's no point in life. Mm -hmm. Which, in a way, is kind of selfish. Because not everybody's miserable. Right. And there are a lot of people that are happy, and why take away life from them? Right. It's almost like when you go to a religious person, you're like, hey, God isn't real. And it's like, well, dog, that means a lot to him. Or when you go to a kid and say, hey, yo, Santa's not real. You fucking asshole. Yeah. But, I mean, do you feel... No, that being said, if I bought my kids some expensive shit and you gave all this credit for fucking Santa, fuck you. You never had Santa? You never had the... I had Santa... When did your dad snatch Santa from you? When he started buying me expensive shit. Okay. Probably. He had to let it be you know known what I mean? that it was When him. I asked for a bike, he was like, oh, you want a bike? All right, we're going to talk about how bikes get here. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm. It ain't made up by elves. Yeah. It's made yeah. by Larry Schultz and these fucked up toenails. <laughs> 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 now, yo, hold on. I want to know about Schultz and, and this 441 project. Yeah. Because, um, so four clubs. Four uh, sets. Different four sets. sets yeah. Four different sets. So, so at each spot, you're playing the room. Yeah, so at each spot I come in and do my regular set. So what it is is, you know, it's not me setting. Basically, we had two camera teams, right? And they would flip-flop. So they started at, I started filming at the comic strip, which is on the Upper East Side. And we had, you know, three or four cameras in there. And I would go on the regular show. It wasn't a show just for me. It was on the regular show. And I did a, like, you know, 15-minute set. And then they had another camera crew. We had another camera crew waiting for me at the Comedy Cellar. So I would drive down there and do my regular set right there while that camera clue went to the next club. Right. Rotated, and they, and they just kind of rotated around. Rotated so, around. So, I mean, but at each spot, mm-hmm. do you know the room that you're going to be? Nope. Do you know the audience that's going to be there See, beforehand? I'm glad you know. you probably a connoisseur of comedy. You understand that, like, every audience is different. And that's the challenge in this, that only comics or people that understand comedy and myself know I got to re-engage and re-warm up every crowd I walk into. These people don't know who I am. It's not my special that they're coming out for. You know what I mean? So every crowd I go to, I actually have to open them up again. And um, it was it was a, it was very challenging. Mm. And it's one of those things where it's like it's hard and nobody cares. Mm. You know what I mean? Like nobody's watching like, wow, he had to open this crowd up again. They're just like, yo, man, make us laugh. Yeah, make, make us laugh. laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, what are your goals for this special? Um, To be honest, I shot it and it was 50 minutes at first time and mm-hmm. I wanted to sell it. And I had ego with me. I was like, yo, I'm going to sell this shit in fucking two weeks. It's going to be easy, blah, blah, blah. And I started getting no's. And it was really humbling. You know, because I'm a person who I've had a certain amount of success on t- television. I've had a certain amount of success in the podcast world. You know, I've done some film stuff. And you know, there was a time where I had, while I was trying to sell this, I had a, my, a sitcom. I was the lead in in a fucking sitcom on, t- on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's fucking disease. What, what was that called? The- it was the hockey show on Benders. The Benders, yeah. And then they went over to Netflix from IFC. And, uh... 
And I started getting no's. And I started getting, um, oh, we like it, but just hold on a little bit. Let's re-engage in the new quarter. We're done spending, all these kind of things. It was very humbling. And, um, and then I just said, you know what? Like, I've always been about creating my own shit. You know, when I started up in the comedy circuit, I, I was in the, the mainstream circuit. And I was also in what's called the Chitlin circuit, which is like the black and Latino rooms. And these dudes maybe weren't given the same opportunities in the clubs. So they started their own shit. They started in bars. They started in like nightclubs. They started in just random areas and they were making money. These guys were, were making a living off of this shit. And it's something that stuck with me. And I was like, yo, if the door isn't opened, build your own house because there'll be a door in that shit. So I said this like, okay, man, it was humbling. Maybe I haven't proven myself in the comedy world enough just yet. I'm going to put it out on my own for free on my YouTube channel. I'm going to cut it down on some mixtape shit, but, and I'm going to prove the product and let the people hold me down. And if I get a big number and I really do well with this project, it will give me much more leverage in the future. Right. So that's the goal really right now is all I want is eyes. You know, people are like, do we pay for this? Do we donate? I don't want that. Share it. Well, like it, watch it. That's the most donation you could give me. Well, mm. I think I think you know it's it's good to hear the breakdown of that meaning, like that. You know, it's a humbling experience for you, Very. and and people you know didn't jump on it right away to buy it. Mm-hmm. It could be timing, right? It could be it, everything. It, it everything. could be everything. No, but I like it because you're putting it out, and what you're doing is 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 creating your own blueprint. Yeah, and and you know, it, well, master plan, facts, blueprints a copy. Okay, okay, facts. I no, I hear I, you. I hear you on that. Yeah, and it's something I would say to anybody in music. You know, a lot of times in music, I, even I get hit up like I could do anything for anybody. But people hit me, yo, check my song. Could you da 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 do yeah, yeah. my song? First of all, I can't. But, uh, you know, they go, yo, do something with my song, right? Like I did. I was like, yo, I film this shit on my own. I produce on my own. Give me money for it. And if I got to prove myself, you who has never done anything in music got to prove yourself too. Sure. Put yourself on. Mm. We got to put ourselves on. You know what I mean? If Charlemagne, one of the biggest names in the world, goes into meetings and he has to sell himself still, Charlemagne, I can't have an ego about selling myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if I haven't done late nights and, and these people haven't seen me do stand up, they don't know how good I know I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They might have to see me put out a product before they believe that I could actually do it. You know, the Brilliant Idiots has been a success. Uh, I remember. From the day one that it started, it cool. and 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 it's been you know a, a super success for you. What would you say is one thing that you're most proud of from not only you know being on it but being involved in it for this long? Proud of, I think I've gotten a thicker skin. I mm-hmm. think I've gotten a thicker skin from it. You know, you deal with criticism a lot, and it toughens you up a little bit. You know, I might have been protecting myself from criticism in the past and like being so accessible through the Internet, you know, social media. You just there for motherfuckers to just tear you. Sure, apart. sure. Tell you how mm-hmm. they feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I've gotten better at that. And uh, so I'm proud that my my skin has gotten thicker. I'm also proud that, like, I've been able to kind of stick to my values. Like, I don't believe in pandering. I believe in having consistency. And beliefs and like it's amazing but like if you stay consistent and principled in your beliefs and you actually really mm. care about them people will respect that yeah i mean i'm i know a lot of people that have told me when i seen them around my moving around or or tweeted or whatever i mm-hmm. say listen i don't really uh like 
the dude Andrew, but he but he be you know saying some facts or or people may say like I don't always agree with him. That's my favorite compliment. Mm-hmm. But I like him. I don't always agree with you, but I fuck with you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there's nothing disingenuous or inauthentic about that. Right. And inauthentic is yo, I love every single thing you do. Everything is better. Da, da, da. That's like almost tribal, and we're tribal people mm-hmm. in general. But but you can find you can find someone to get offended. By by just that statement, like mm-hmm. I don't agree with you, but I fuck with you. See, mm. to, and people would be like, "Man, fuck that." See, but to me, that's the biggest compliment because mm-hmm. is what they're saying is like I'm able to put aside my disagreements mm-hmm. sometimes for you. I'm objectively engaging in you. You know what I'm saying, Dallas? Right. So it's like it's like you know what you have some great points about. Um, uh, the, the, the Nothing. Prime Minister. Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. Or whatever. Whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Whatever it is. Uh, you know, that would be... I would, I would be, I would be like, your show's is totally fucking pandering. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing good to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> or you got some interesting... You have some interesting shit to say about diabetes and how to fight it and gangrene and these types of things like that. Or, but I might totally disagree with you on your uh, sentiments on the Yeezy collection. Mm. Who mm. fucking knows? You know what I mean? Or... You don't fuck with Yeezys? No, he's all right. Do you fuck with Michael Rappaport? Yeah, I like Mike, man. I okay. like Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, why don't white crime? Is there why you got some beef? They're like no, an I Italian beef with, No, no, no. For, I don't even. Is he's he Jewish? Italian? He's Jewish. Oh, okay. He's I was Jewish. gonna say. No, nah, rap knows me. I mean, I fuck uh, with rap, man. Uh, um, you gotta rap. I do feel like here's the thing. Um, I like Rappaport. Um, I, I want to sit down and, and chop it up with him. Um, he will come by. Yeah, you know, I want to talk about because he, you know. He, I got to tell him like where the good pizza is at. He thinks the bagels. He hasn't been in New York in a while. He moved to yeah. L.A. He's fucking he's getting. He's a Jew. He knows bagels. What the fuck he doesn't does know he pizzas. Know? What are you talking but about? But one thing, one thing is, you know, I, I feel like the community of hip hop, more importantly, has you know started to embrace him even yes. more um, with his rants about certain things. But I do believe that he still didn't understand about the Colin Kaepernick situation. You know, he did tweet about Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, kneeling on nine yeah. eleven, and he basically said, "Anybody who kneels on nine eleven, we should just get rid of him." But I still don't, you know. And, and and now he's like, you know. So what I'm saying is, I feel like he is contradicting himself. To don't get me wrong, he's speaking real shit. He's coming at Kid Rock. He's coming at all these other people speaking good stuff. Right. But I do think he's missing the point about what Colin Kaepernick Colin. was doing. I can't hear you. Say I like Colin. Colin. Okay, okay. Uh, Colin. Colin. My bad. Okay, so. So let's, I think when it comes to this kneeling for the flag situation, Mm. people are really upset about a miscommunication on all sides. So whether you stand or kneel for the flag depends on your definition of the flag. Mm. Me, I stand for the flag because my definition of the flag is the flag and the anthem represent the best case scenario of America. Like when Martin Luther King said, we're coming to cash this promissory note. To me, the flag is the promissory note. That's what I go to when I go, when someone tries to silence me and say, I don't have free speech. I go, yo, you see that flag right there? That flag is free speech. So I'm holding down. Now there are some people that believe the flag represents the current state of America. If you subscribe to that opinion on the flag, well, fuck yeah, let's let's kneel, dog. You have every right to kneel. Why would you not want to kneel? We got to change some things in America. So what's all, what's happening right now is people that have the idea of the flag of me are assuming that Colin Kaepernick and others that are also kneeling 
have the same idea of that flag. So they're upset and offended by something that isn't even being portrayed by those people. Mm. And I think that's where the mis- – I think if we actually came, sat down and talked with each other for a moment, we're like, well, what do you see the flag as? They're like a representation, representation of America right now. I think even the most right-wing conservative would go, oh, I could see why you're upset at what's happened to your people and we need to do better. And I can totally see why you're kneeling and you don't hate the military or hate – Oh, I hate, yeah. I hate, but also right. more importantly too, you know, when they say the land of the free, yes, when that song was made – they weren't talking about black and brown people well, because they, weren't, they weren't free. Think about it. When you think about it, you know, no? I mean, it's not entirely true. Okay, how? I mean, there was indentured servitude for both blacks and whites at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So there were blacks who had fulfilled their indentured servitude, right, which was a slavery up to a certain amount of time. It was almost like uh, you come over here, you give me 10 years of your work, and then you're a free man. So there were free blacks and whites. But what's more interesting is that when they wrote that, Constitution, only white male landowners could vote. So let's say you were a white guy that was free. You couldn't vote. You couldn't vote in America. And Mm. their idea was, well, you don't have a stake in the game. If you don't own a piece of this shit, why are you making decisions for it? Right. Right. So clearly a lot of shit was fucked up back then. You're a white guy working on the docks. You can't vote. Facts. Mm. So what what we often do right now, which I think is, is, is part of our arrogance as humans, is... We look in the back, we look back in time and judge people back in time uh, based on today's morality. Mm-hmm. And even the most brilliant people in the world intellect on their tippy toes, meaning like they only barely see beyond everybody else. You know, the Martin Luther Kings, the Jesuses, the Muhammads, these people only saw a little bit past everybody else. And that's what made them geniuses, right? But we can't look back at people back then. And criticize their behavior back then because we're doing it with perfectly clear vision. Mm-hmm. Or, like, or at least clear vision of where they were, exactly. where they stood. Because the, vision, our vision's blurry too. Are we it's super blurry. I can't tell you in five years how fucked up we're going to be. Bro, you're making, you realize in five years, feminists, and that's why I don't like this. I'm all about taking down Confederate statues, but I'm not with this take down Washington, and I'm not with this take down Jefferson statue. But, because in five years, feminists are going to come for that Martin Luther King statue, and they're going to go, he cheated on his wife. Mm. And we're going to let Martin Luther King statue get taken down. Yeah, because he cheated on his wife. But you don't know if we're going to let JFK statues get no, taken down. I know, but listen, if if you think about I gotta it, I got to go right? to Al Gore Airport. Kill kill your idols, though. If you think so about it, no, kill no, no. your idols, though. Ultimately, oh, like don't have them. You're saying don't have them. It's interesting. Why is that? I mean, I mean, what's what's this? What's really the statue of this person? I mean, wh- why are we idolizing this person when, again, the flag? That that great point you made about the flag. I love the ideal of the flag, mm-hmm. and I think the ideal of the flag is what allows me to stand mm. and kneel. Exactly. It's mm. it's the it's ideal. choice. Yes, yes, yes. The yes. ideal of this thing and what it could be. And what I imagine it to be, and what I would love it to be. Yes. And and sometimes it, it is that thing, and sometimes it's not. But it can it can it's it can be both, and and we got to be able to express both. So yeah, when I'm playing professional that. football, oh man, listen, I'm this is the dream. But when I'm seeing people that are you know getting brutalized, mm-hmm. then I'm like, man, th- this is not the dream for them. So I've got to kind of represent for them. I. I I just don't think that we've got to, we've got to pull all these idols down. It's interesting. 
I, I love that idea. Like that flag is both for standing and for kneeling. I mean, I'll be honest. If I was one of those guys on that team, even if my if my teammate is leaning is kneeling, I'm standing right next to him. I got my arm around him. Shit, you know what I mean? I'll hold hands while he kneels and I'll stand. And as long as we both understand that what we want is the same thing, I just want what you what you're kneeling for. I see in that flag, so I stand for. But I'm not going to tell you how to see the flag. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it, yeah, I. But I think it's a great. It's a tough thing. Take down your idols. Yeah, it's. We need to look for people for. We need to look at people for how to be like human, right? Like, this exper- It's an experiment, humanity, right? Like, we've invented the idea we shouldn't kill or cheat or mm-hmm. do these things. This is all invented. So I think we're constantly looking for like the best people in the world to lead us down that that path, right? We look at Martin and we go, "Shit, man, this was a great human being. I want to be like this guy." You know, Gandhi. We look at, wow, what a an amazing yeah. guy. What, what a humanist. What a humanist. But I mean, but I mean, Gandhi had flaws. Martin. Yeah. Martin. Well, well, I, he, I mean, Martin. Martin liked uh, Martin liked his women like I like my chicken. Mm, right. White meat. Mm, mm. Oh, did Martin like some white girls? Yeah. How do you know that? I'm telling you. Well, listen. Come on. No, but here's the thing. You with, don't like white the statues. With the statues. <laughs> Me? His <laughs> his honestly with the statues, right? Keep in mind, They're right? About to take that you, fucking statue you, down immediately. No, if it turns out Mar was fucking these white bitches. They're gonna take that shit down immediately. Yeah, dog. but that black women gonna take it down. Black women gonna be the first ones down there. Fuck this. Yeah, but let's let's let's, let's be real. When you think about certain like Washington, you say Washington and Jefferson, these statues, yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. If we live in an ancient world, yes. And what I mean by that is. The the make sure I'm saying this right. The judicial is it? How do you say that? I like it. Judicial system. Yeah. Ancient. Yeah. The 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 cat the the religion laws ancient. The fucking court systems. You know. Yeah. Ancient. But the point I'm trying to make is, we do need change. And if Jefferson and Washington were slave owners, right? In this day and age, 2017, why are we still? You know, we would say, like, look, it wasn't right. It was wrong. Well, they didn't get the statues because they owned slaves. Doesn't matter, but they did. But here's well, the it thing. It does, and I'll tell you why. Okay, go ahead. It does, and I'll tell you why. Because we have to set, and nobody wants to have this discussion, but we have to set a distance for care and amount of time for care. For example, right now, everybody is tweeting on their phone how fucked up America is mm-hmm. and how fucked up Washington and Jefferson are for having slaves. Without even realizing that this very phone is made by child slaves mm. today. Mm. Colin Kaepernick, God bless him, is a Nike athlete talking about the mistreatment of black people in America while wearing Nike, which is made by child slaves. Well, I don't think he was a Nike athlete. I think he was just... He was just... a Nike athlete paying, being paid millions of dollars. Now, what I'm saying, I'm not saying... And again, I'm, all I'm saying is there is contextual morality for everything, right? There's always going to be a little bit something wrong. It's kind of to your point about the your, your idols. Is like there's always going to be something wrong. Now I'm a hundred percent behind Colin and his uh, and and his stance on politics in America right now. Understand behind it. I don't think that the fact that he wears Nike discredits it because all of us are wearing shit that was made in sweatshops right now. Mm-hmm. And in the future, one day they're going to say, "How could you eat animals?" Once they are able to produce animals in a lab and you don't got to kill them and produce milk in a lab and you don't got to suck the honey out of a, a, a mother cow's uh, bosom, not the honey, milk, you know what I mean? Like, honey, honey whatever yeah. shit. <laughs> I don't know animals. 
You know, they're going to look back at us and be like, what savages these people were. How could they eat and slaughter animals and wear them when you could just make them? But, but, but hold on, you just opened up the, the fucking onion right there. There mm, we go. Mm. That's just the fact that we're kind of duplicitous in all of this we're, shit. Anyhow. Duplicitous. We're guilty. Like, yo, we're going to rail against something, but you're right. Meanwhile, the clothing we've got on, Slaves. the food we're going to eat, you know, when I flick that light switch on, I've already bought into capitalism. I've already bought into the system. And I'm supportive of capitalism. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> I really do. I just, there is a negative cost for everything. Right. Right. There, there is. A, and there's I think, a human cost. There's yeah. a human cost for everything. Mm-hmm. And I think capitalism has saved more lives than it's taken, actually. I think if we look back, back and, and we actually do the, the math between, you know, like the uh, maybe socialist countries and I, I, I would countries. just say with the raw numbers, there's more people now. Than there ever were. Even if we're bombing people all over the planet, sure. there's still more people still on the planet people. now than there ever were. Facts. Capitalism. Capitalism is not bad. It's good. I want this capitalism shit. Don't get me wrong. All I'm saying is we can always find something wrong, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think finding one thing wrong discredits. I don't think finding one thing wrong about Colin Kaepernick discredits that whole movement. Right. And I don't find. I don't think finding one thing that wasn't considered wrong at the time, but that we consider wrong now, which is slavery for Jefferson and Washington, mm-hmm. should discredit the fact that they created this great nation, the most, the most amazing nation in the world, in the history. I'm not so mad at Washington anymore when I found out that his teeth didn't belong to slaves. For a long time, everyone said... Use slaves' teeth? Every, for a long time, everyone said, oh, the fake teeth that Washington had put in his mouth were, were extricated from slaves. Oh, my goodness. Like, his, his dentures were made from slave teeth. That's when I was like, fuck Washington. But then <laughs> to come and find out it wasn't slaves' teeth. It was teeth. just wood? No, it was, it was free men. Oh, he took free men's teeth? Free men's teeth. They, oh, they, had, they had donated their, their, their teeth. After they died, they're like, hey, Washington, you can have my <laughs> you, you have these Supposedly teeth. it wasn't slaves' teeth. So that, that made me feel all right. Like, you know what? I mean, owning slaves, that was kind of a thing. People kind of did it. It was fucked up. Put it kind of did it. Let's think of, did it. It's, it's no, let's think uh, about this. I mean, it's the worst thing in humanity, right? But some of the best people in humanity have owned slaves, right? Mm, I mean, who? think about it. Think of the, who are the best people in humanity. I don't know. You tell me. Muhammad. Muhammad Ali. No. <laughs> Jordan. Who? Muhammad, the great Muhammad. Did he own slaves? I'm oh, man. I don't know. He's staying humble. Hey, which Smith Benson? He, he said Hamdallah. I thought the. <laughs> I, I don't oh, know fuck. I thought that. that you were. You got a beard and everything like that. I don't know, man. <laughs> fuck. What the, listen, you know what? Uh, let's take if a you're speaking break. Arabic to the guy, I'm assuming that, you know. He's Indian. That's Benson. He's a videographer. He, he, he's a good he, guy. You're Catholic, Southern Indian. Yeah. From a oh, part. Damn. Yeah, you're, you're too light skinned to be Southern, though, bro. Okay, listen, yeah. listen. That's he, where the Catholics are from. We're connecting with where, everybody. Hamdallah. Where? Kerala. It's a state down south. Okay, yeah, it's interesting. Yes. What is it? Um. Yeah, yeah, Sri Lanka, big Punjab- Catholic nation. Punjabi? Well. No, 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 no. Punjabi. Those Punjabis are wild, bro. They're the Irish of the Indians. Like, <laughs> really? you get drunk and fight and shit. I'm wrong? It's listen, true, right? <laughs> listen, true. listen, there's a lot of history facts on this fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, Let, let's take a quick fucking break. Okay. We'll come up, uh, come back, and we'll go over the uh, tour. A couple more things, and we'll close out the episode. Amazing, man. Internet's we're sitting so here with Dallas Penn, Andrew Schultz. Supreme P Show will be right back. Schultz knows. Oh, actually, just real quick so that we don't fucking fuck it up. Um, Just that one point so we don't leave it at the greatest people in history have had slaves because that's what it was. Meaning, to me, like you have all these people throughout history. You even look at Old Testament and New Testament, right? There's slavery in the fucking Bible. 
it's not saying, hey, black people need to be slaves. Everybody got taken back in the day. You know, you, you might have been taken just because you didn't pay a debt and now all of a sudden you're a slave, et cetera. The point being is these people are victims of their time and victims of their context. And that means everybody that lived in the year 1600. Mm. Mm. They're mm. victims of their time. Like, think about the clothes we wore in the 90s. We're victims of Jinko jeans. Mm. Mm. No. Put, they, they never got me. No, nah, they never got me. They got me, bro. Jinko never got me. They got me. All I'm saying is I, was, I, I wore that because that's what people wore at the time. Now I'd be horrified. Yeah. I mean, I wore, I, I, wore, I wore Lee, Levi's, Jordash, Sergio Valente. In the, in the 90s? Can I, no, um, I was about 10, 12 years old. I had Jordash. Sergio. You, you took that shit when it was, it was dead already. Well, Pops had gave me like some pairs. Pops was slim as a motherfucker. Oh, shit. Um, Carl Kanai, Cross Colors, Polo, yeah. Guess. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't trust that no more. I don't. I don't trust. That. I'm saying I wore. That. Anyway, listen, internet. I think he was definitely Junko. No, I never wore Junko. <laughs> he was. Okay, trust me. He was heavy. You was heavy Vasco. No, 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 never. You was heavy Vasco. Never, never, never. Internet. What I'm saying is we're embarrassed of the behavior that we've distributed ten years ago. How are we going to judge people who live two hundred fifty, a thousand, five thousand? Like we're better than. Them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I yeah, mean you're talking about genes. Should we not slavery? celebrate the great king Mansa Musa? You guys know the great king of Africa, Mansa Musa. Well, I mean, listen, 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 listen. Though, you can still call people pieces of shit. Facts. All right. Facts. You can still call people pieces of shit. I'm never saying that that what that that thing wasn't wrong. I'm not saying they're pieces of shit. What I'm saying is we could still celebrate Mansa Musa, even though this dude probably had more slaves than everybody in history. Possibly. Right. Possibly. That being said, we could still celebrate him as one of the greatest kings ever. Mm. 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 That's all I'm saying. Mm. Hey, Contextual listen. morality. There guys. you go. Damn. There you go. Uh, I love polysyllabic words too. History is in <laughs> session. Dallas Penn, Andrew Schultz, Premium P Show. Be right back. Cheer. Yo, what's up? This is the Trilogy Bumby. You're now tuned in to my brother, Premium Pete, and the Premium Pete Podcast. Relax. He's a friend of ours. And we're back sitting here with Andrew Schultz, yep. Dallas Penn. We have like a historical Backdoor. history. <laughs> Have like a historical historical history lesson. I feel like uh, there's some things I'm learning actually. Hot, and, and I mean, listen, it's got to be. But we're still talking about dating, and we're talking about how hard it is. You know, bro. I Do you plan to get back with dating. someone, Andrew? I, I would love to be with somebody if it's right. Right now, I'm just kind of dating. But like, if the exact right thing comes around. Mm-hmm. Then I would well, love what is to the exact right thing? Who knows, man? I don't. I don't know exactly. I know every relationship I'm in. I'm I find I like fine tune what it is that I think that would really work for me and I'd get closer and every girl that I'm with and I mean there's girls right now that that I'm seeing and they're great girls and it's it's amazing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but uh I'm just not at the place right now where I'm like, oh I want to settle down and have kids with these girls. How did you get the role in Sneaky Beat? Um, I just auditioned for it. Mm. Yeah, I just auditioned for that shit, man. I just went out and auditioned, and then they threw me Yeah, They were like, hey, man, we want you to do it. So I did. It would have been really cool to do season two. I was bummed that they couldn't find a way to bring my character back for season two. Mm. I see. It would be hard to do, but. Now yeah. you you have that, like, guild, the actors guild. and Yeah, know, I'm in SAG, yeah. I'm oh, SAG, okay. So that means that, that means you get uh, more money, right? Yeah, yeah, you get a little protection. You get some health insurance and shit, you know, not, or cheaper health insurance, and mm. it's cool. I now, now being a comedian, yeah. being a, you know, doing reality TV, doing whatever, it's a free you're a freelancer. Yeah. When you think about it. Yeah. How hard is it being a freelancer? I mean, for me, it's, it was always just about, like, finding a steady check. 
you know, like, so I, I was always thinking about that kind of grind, but that's because I came up, my parents were a small business. My mom was a real hustler. So like, I just saw that there, I saw their hustle. I saw their grind and I was like, all right, I need to apply that same thing to, to what I'm doing. So at first it was, you know, stand up. Then I got the MTV check and that was a steady check for what, three or four years. I was just getting every two weeks, mm-hmm. checking the mail. Boom. You know, I bought Viacom. Viacom. Yeah. Yeah. I bought my apartment off of that shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But so then after that stopped, I'm like, okay, how do I supplement that income, right? And I was fortunate enough to get a cool acting gig, and that kind of replaced, that was Bender's, and that, like, basically replaced my my Viacom check. And then in the whole that whole process, I got Brilliant Idiots. And, you know, that was almost like a day job. You know, it's like I'm doing this every single week. We're coming in here. So it was all always about finding that security. I got that from my mom. You know, it was always like, she was always like, find something to fall back on, find that kind of security you know, within your career, but someplace where you know the money's coming in because then you have more freedom to create. Did you ever, like, get to a point as being a comedian where it's, like, September 20th and you're, like, no, you got to pay a certain bill or or a lot of your bills are due in the beginning and then you, like, wind up doing, like, I got to book myself for five shows tonight, five shows Tuesday, like, yeah. you get, like, where you... Well, the hard part is booking them, mm. right? Like, if you have the ability to get them, you could get the money, but, like, I got down to... My my whole hustle with comedy st- was like, what I do? I lived in a closet for a while with my girl, the girl you that you met. Like I literally just lived Chinese in a closet. Apartment. Oh, yeah, I lived in a, no, like literally a closet. Oh like goddamn, walk-in closet that only fit a bed, and the both of us slept there. Damn, yeah, that's so, real love. Yeah, it was chill, man. It was it was very cool in that way. It you shit out the cool. window, <laughs> right? No, <laughs> it, there was other people in the apartment. But what I did is I rented out my room. Dig it. Dig it. So that I could get some money and rely on that money coming in. How fucking crazy is New York living yeah. that mm. that you're an adult yeah. and and you know you're out of college yeah. or out of college age and you're and you're renting a room. Yeah. And you're having roommates. Yeah. But, you have roommates and then I live in a closet and those roommates put up with that. <laughs> like it was it's wild, man. But I remember I got within like I don't know, maybe a couple hundred dollars before it was all over. And then I got a gig, and then I got another gig, and then and I kind of bounced back. But I rented out my room. I was just going everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to go back to talk about four four one. Oh yeah. So 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 the the night that you that you like this is an incredible endeavor. That Thank you. you yeah. As you had to plot out, you know that your yeah. cameras are all positioned. Yeah. And they they got their rotation down. Yeah. And so what's the circuit that you make? So I started out the comic strip. Okay. And so basically what happens is we have three cameras at every club and then one camera that follows me the whole time because they want to get, we want to capture the cab rides and everything like that. And so it's sort of like six camera guys, it's a bunch of crew and a bunch of whatever. And um, so basically those three cameras are there. I have one camera following me. Once that camera finishes following me onto the stage, it just falls back and becomes another kind of handheld camera as part of the shoot. And it's all shot on 4K, by the way, which is like TV quality because, you know, nice. we're thinking, you know, if we're going to sell it to Netflix, it's got to be 4K. But, um, and yeah, man, it was just, it was just a crazy, and we had to, you know, actually make it to set times. It was, it was hectic, but that was part of it, you know. Where can people find it? Uh, YouTube.com slash DeAndre Schultz is also the Brilliant Idiots YouTube page. I'm now, a, how did that happen? They just gave you like a cut, you know, meaning like when I say give you a cut, meaning like. Oh, no, there's no money made on this. No, no, mm-hmm. not this. I'm talking about oh. with the bringing idiots is like give Schultz the, is that like a, a deal that you struck? No. Well, when it comes to the brilliant idiots, like I just wanted a video component to mm-hmm. the podcast. I always knew that the way I looked at the podcast was this. It's like 
I'm not just on SoundCloud searching for podcasts. Mm. I could be on YouTube searching for videos of Andrew or Charlemagne or a topic that we're talking about and then all of a sudden come across a video of this podcast and then realize I like it and then become a fan of the podcast. Mm -hmm. So the whole idea was I'm going to get my brother Greg on and he's going to just shoot every single episode and then put up clips. And then eventually now we started putting up the whole thing. And uh, it was just on my regular YouTube channel. But the whole idea was to drive people to the podcast. To the podcast, sure. yeah. So it's like advertising. I'm using YouTube essentially as an advertising platform to get more listeners. And it's good podcast. quality, too. You, you, Greg shoots some great quality, man. Let me ask something. Have you and Tariq Nasheed had that talk yet? Which one? Any talk. Oh, yeah. He came on the he came on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came on the show. We we had a, a thing, and then uh, I thought we had a great discussion. What about then, afterwards? And it was cool. I thought we were, like we even texted and stuff like that. Like Tariq is an interesting dude. I think Tariq is actually a really small guy. He's just you know uh, not small guy, smart guy. I think he's just um, he can't break old habits. Mm. And I think you know we gravitate oftentimes to what is the easiest money. And maybe earlier in his life it was pimping, mm. and. When he stopped pimping women, it's like, what do I pimp now? And I think that he's, you know, pimping the struggle a little bit right now and trying to make money off of that. And I basically brought him in, and the discussion was this. It was like, he thinks everything is white supremacy. Mm. Everything. And I'm like, that can't be your answer for everything, because when you chalk everything up to white supremacy, there's no solution. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I'm a guy who I'm thinking about solutions. How do we make change? What is the most effective way to make change? What is the most effective way to help people? And... I thought we had a pretty good discussion, and then later he put out some stupid website and, you know, suspected white supremacist website. And this is this typical—and this is one of the reasons I have such a big issue with um, liberals and sometimes the woke community. I'm someone who grew up very liberal, is they have so little experience with with ideas outside of their vacuum Mm -hmm. that they don't know how to argue them. And in this fearful state, they project their uh, the thing that they think is at, is the worst, mm. right? So mm. if you disagree with a liberal, they go, well, "You fucking Nazi, you racist, homophobic, Islamophobic Nazi," you know. And you could be sitting there like, "I'm Jewish. How could I be a Nazi?" You know. But they just have a knee jerk reaction, right? And right. the difference is, is that conservatives, and I'm someone who grew up liberal, conservatives go to college and they're inundated with liberal ideology in college. Mm -hmm. So they have an opportunity to test out their ideas. Mm -hmm. Liberals never go to conservative spaces. Mm. So they don't have the idea, the opportunity to test out their weaponry to see how... That's a general general statement. I, I don't think so. Oh, you think they do go to a conservative spaces? I, I do think I I do think this. I I think in general, yeah, yeah. in general, we got a total stratification of ideology. Completely, completely. Okay, completely, so yeah. so yeah, you're right. We got yeah, yeah. definitely people that are so far into their space, into their box. Yeah, and it then helps because you get this echo on social media yep. of the voices that that support that. So you can get comfortable inside that box, so inside true. that little box. So true. So so we're we're totally stratified. But I feel like, you know, as someone who who was raised liberal, yep. 
Um, you definitely, I definitely find conservative people to talk to, to, to understand and get their ideas from and, and kind of, but, but, but you're, you're constantly realizing that, that there's, there's this total stratification. Yep. You're, I completely agree with you. And, and maybe that was an overstatement to say that they never do. What I'm saying is like, at least in my college experience, and I'm someone who grew up as a New York liberal, super liberal, was that like when I was in college, I don't know if I even spoke to some conservatives in my college. Mm-hmm. But my friends who were conservative that went to college said, hey, we had these experiences and I was able to talk to some liberals and I was able to learn their points of view and see the value in their points of view, but also sharpen my arguments as well. And I, I think it would actually benefit liberals mm-hmm. like myself from t- for, uh, to talk to conservatives more often instead of just calling them names right. because then, one, you'd actually empathize and you realize, oh, shit, we don't disagree on that many things. Mm-hmm. Not every conservative is like a crazy, like, super Christian, I don't believe in abortion ever guy. Some of them are just fiscal conservatives, and right. you might right. learn a little about it. You might see that you agree. Right. And, um, and it might strengthen some of your arguments. What's, what's, what's wild is that, actually, if you, if you find a, a, a black family you know, or, or black people in their 40s, 50s, yep. you'd be like, wait a minute. These guys are, they're, they're social liberal. But very conservative. Fiscal, yeah. Super. And often very religious. Mm. And often very religious even, and line even, up with yeah, the even, religious Yeah, even side. without yep. even being hyper-religious. Yeah, yeah. But being fiscally conservative. Absolutely. Simply because it's like, you know, when, you, when you've gotten to that point, you're like, man, you're trying to figure out, man, how do I, how do I keep enough money so that I don't have to, to live in a cardboard hand box. Hand out my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> really? Government, hand out my pocket. If government right. puts their hand in sometimes. Right. Uh, a lot of times it comes down to, from at least me learning, uh, was it's less like, oh my God, the government's taking all of my money. It's you're taking my money and not doing anything efficient with mm. it. And if we felt that they were taking our money and doing efficient things with it. Taxation without representation. Bang. Mm. Talk watch about out, it. Watch out, Andrew. Watch out, okay. Andrew. Okay. Watch out, Talk Andrew. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Is Watch just, out, Andrew. We'll get there. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. So if we have more faith in the private sector, like my buddy always puts it like this. He goes, um, he goes, who do you think is going to spend? Um, who do you think is going to spend this money more efficiently? Right. If it's you spending your money, or you spending someone else's money. I know if I'm spending my money, it's going to be a lot more efficient than I'm spending Joe Smo's money. I never get to talk to this guy. I don't have to talk to him or ever see him again. And I understand that argument. Right now, me personally, I believe in paying more taxes so I can help out those that are less fortunate and I pay the highest bracket. So I'm out here investing in these people's lives because it's something I care about. But I can still empathize with a conservative that goes, hey, man, government be fucking up with this money, bro. MTA got is packed every single day and it's still broke. How? Mm, mm, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure, like, sure. how? Sure, how sure, is this? Sure. Is the, you the old, You got a monopoly on transportation in New York City and you're broke? And you're getting cash money? You get cash every Come day? Come on, yo. Like, something got to give. Mm. Something's got to be inefficient here. Right. right. Right? So, I think that'd be really cool if we get to a point where we can start empathizing, man. Mm-hmm. And it'd be really cool if everybody listening to this podcast goes and checks out 441 on youtube.com. Your, your, your new little project. Your new little project. Exactly. Well, well, as we wind down this episode, you said before uh, Little Duval was a genius. Why? Um, I I truly think, and, and again, people will try to position this and they'll go, oh, Schultz is saying that this guy who said something really transphobic is a genius. No different than Washington and Jefferson. Washington and Jefferson, also geniuses. 
but had did things that I disagree with. Mm. Right. So I disagree with Duval's, uh, you know, take on trans uh, people that he said on the Breakfast Club. That being said, uh, I love him. And I think he's truly a brilliant thinker. Mm. And he's a clear and brilliant thinker. And just through conversations I have, like this is company I actually talk to, you know, and like anything happens in the world. Duval's not somebody who has a fucking master's degree or a doctorate from Harvard or any of that kind of shit. This is a guy that that observes culture and makes brilliant observations based on it. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's just a, a you know, God-given gift or whatever it is, but I think his thinking is incredibly clear. And a lot of times people see him as a comedian. He's tiny. He does all these little jokes, so don't take him seriously. But if you really listen to what he says, mm. man, he's great. I really think he's great. Hey, listen, uh, over the last, say, five years, what's the biggest failure you had? Not selling my special, probably. Really? Yeah, I think that was huge. But that was the one that it was most shocking. You know, I, I try to not be afraid of failure. I think we all are, but I try to not. And uh, I try to let failure motivate me almost in a way where I'm like, okay, I don't want to fail, but, like, it's like uh, if I don't, I'm not trying hard enough thing. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. if you're not failing at anything, you're, not, you're being pussy. Right. You know, if a girl's not rejecting you, you're not hitting on hot enough girls. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, something got to give. Right, right, right. right. You, you, you've got to have a little bit of adversity just to, <laughs> just to kind of get you up in the morning, Bro, just to kind of get you motivated. One of my favorite quotes, adversity introduces a man to himself. Mm. Mm. You, if you don't have adversity, you don't know who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, in order for me to know how many punches I could take, you got to knock me out. Because if I'm still up, I could take more punches, mm-hmm. right? So on a certain level, I'm trying to motivate myself to get knocked out. I guess that's a whole <laughs> horrible metaphor made, but you get the point I'm trying to say. So that was, I looked at as a huge failure. I was very humbling. I got down on myself. And then it was one of those moments where I remember I was in, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Mountain View, California. It's like where Google is. There's a comedy out, club out there called Rooster Tea Feathers. And I remember that weekend, I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing the comedy I love. And I'm really proud of this. And I got to value myself, not base it on what a couple executives think and let that be my value system. And I felt that weekend, I felt so full, man. It was great. I, I really felt nice. great that weekend, man. Yeah. Let me ask you something. Comedian, is is stand-up, is there, big, is there money in stand-up for, like, you know, guys like yourself? Yeah. I mean, I know there's money, but is it? So there's money, put it this way, the tier... I, I do well, man. I, I make okay. a living on stand-up. Uh, but the tier above me that isn't Kevin Hart and those, but like the, that kind of mid-level tier mm-hmm. is an exorbitant amount of money. Mm. So the next tier I hit will be a lot. Mm. Right now, I'm in, I'm good. There's a tier below me, which is making a living. Then there's me, which is like doing well. And then there's a lot, and then you were superstar status, Louis, all these head things. Live performances, as you guys, I'm sure, know, just from from being kind of involved in, you know, at least the the, the hip-hop game, is uh, you can't replace. People got to go and see you. And if they're going to go see you, just do the numbers. You know what I mean? If you get 10,000 people to see you, and each of these people spend $30, that's $300,000. 10,000 people is only 500 people in 20 cities. You know what I mean? Like that's not that. That, that. That's that's twenty dates. Twenty dates out of three hundred sixty-five. 
man, listen, you could do more dates. That's you what could I'm take saying. More punches. Let's go. I didn't take you more punches. You could take more punches. That's all I'm saying. Like mm. once you get, and that's only a thirty dollar ticket. That's not like what these guys are charging crazy. So once you can, once there is a draw, mm-hmm. and that's just in one country, right? You know, the great thing about music is they don't even need to speak the fucking language. And they say, you go to Japan, these people don't even speak English. They'll go line for line with you, too. Yeah. Fuck yeah, they will. Not yeah. know a single word, yelling yeah. the N-word at you. <laughs> but with comedy, at least you got to go through American markets. But so, so if you can sell a thousand tickets in a market, and you can sell 30, and it's $30 per okay. ticket, right? That's 30000 mm-hmm. You're going to spend some money on the venue. You're going to spend money on travel, that kind of shit like that. But if you can sell a thousand tickets in a market, think about it. You can do pretty well. You ever have any hecklers drive you fucking nuts? Yeah. But I don't really deal with hecklers. I'd kick them out. Really? Depends. But what about if they wait outside? Yeah, yeah. They, I got in fights. I, had, I got in a fight on stage once. I got punched in the face on stage. Really? Yeah. Why? First hood room I ever did. What do you mean hood room? I did a room called Cafe Mocha, hosted by a guy named Smokey. I would go to do the Chitlin Circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where was this at? It's was it uh, Harlem? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's on 117th and uh, da, 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 what the fuck? I remember it? Smokey. Okay. 117th and a famous Black Guy Avenue. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> either Frederick Douglass or Adam Clayton. One of them. Yeah, yeah. Or Malcolm X. Exactly. It's up there. Smokey so, the King. So, so yeah. So Smokey was just this amazing guy. <laughs> Shuggy jeans. So, and he's just a great comic, and he would put young comics up. And I went up, I was busting balls with a guy in the front row, and the guy walked up, punched me in my face. They grabbed him, threw him out. And this is how real the hood rooms were. Um, the promoter said, uh, You all right? And I was like, Yeah. And then he handed me the mic and he said, Keep doing your thing. <laughs> right, you're not knocked out. You could take more punches. Exactly. There, there you we go. go, man. There you go. Hey, listen. That, that there's no no more needs to be said than that. You know. Listen, Andrew Schultz. Uh, obviously, across all platforms, Andrew Schultz. Check out his new, um, new. I'm gonna call it your new project, but your new baby. My new baby. I call it comedy experience. Four four one. Yeah. Um, you know, check him out. You know, the brilliant idiots being a fucking fool. I was up there. Uh, listen, people fucking with that episode. I was up there. They love it. Pat Shan, he's out here with the hard nipples. Bro, I fucking died when you said the funniest part of the whole episode was when Pat, shout out to Pat, when Pat walks in and then you go, you said something like, uh, what'd you say to him? Why are your nipples hard? Yeah, you know, he goes, why are your nipples hard? And then we start getting on you. We're like, dude, why are you upsetting him? Because yeah. nipples hard. And then you get defensive and you go, listen, I don't know. This guy walks in here three feet tall and he just said <laughs> yeah. anything after that, I lost it. Calling some guy three feet tall. <laughs> he walks in here three feet tall. Mop on his nipples fucking hard. head. <laughs> Yo, the funny thing is I was telling Sean, man, I know this is your podcast, but, you know, I thought you had a hottie coming in. <laughs> listen, internet, if you never, listen, go over to bringing this. Idiots and check out the episode I was on. Um, yo, let me tell you something, man. That shit was he's hysterical, bro. I was like dying. because I thought Charlemagne, like he was on the phone. We it gotta have a- you back. We gotta have you back on like some fun shit too because we got extra serious that episode. We we're talking about parenting and like yeah, all these yeah. other kind of things. Maybe it was even suicide or whatever. But we gotta have you back on like a fun little yeah, little, a little craziness. Episode. But but yeah. but but the funny thing was is that. People, you know, people really like that episode. Absolutely. And, and hit me up a bunch of times. But with, with, with Charlemagne, I told him, I said, listen, you're on the phone. You know, you, you don't even have the phone on vibrate. I'm thinking he has a hottie coming in. <laughs> and in walks in, this fucking shout to Pat Chan, but this three feet fucking guy with hard nipples. But anyway, <laughs> listen, listen, it was a great time. Um, um, Dallas Penn is back at it. Dallas underscore Penn. He's out here. Yeah. Um, what the fuck did I want to say before? Oh, last thing I want to tell you. 
and this is something I always hate to uh, answer, so I want to know your um, take. Cool. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? In 10? Yeah, not five. 10. That's a great question, man. I never think about that long. Okay, give me five. Uh, Honestly, I never even think about that. Uh, I really hope that I'm just executing more of the things that I want to execute now. So my goal is every year be able to execute more than you were able to execute the year before. So if that was I want to do TV shows this year and I got one, all right, next year I want to be able to do three or four. I want to produce a TV show and I didn't able I wasn't able to do it at all this year. Well, next year I want to be able to produce a show. And, um, you know, we got at least in the very near future on on loudspeakers, we got a, you know, I'm doing a podcast that's a, it started as Game of Thrones review show called Wester Bros. Mm. You guys watch Game of Thrones? You watch Thrones? Mm. I have. So, I'm not really into it, but yeah. It's basically like four bros talking about nerd culture. Okay. So Westeros, and then we saw it, and we're going to do, we're basically going to pick, it's me and a few of my boys I play ball with, and we're just a bunch of like fucking bros, but we love this Game of Thrones dork shit, and we talk about it in a way that these dorks don't. You know, like when I watch these like Game of Thrones nerds speak about their theories and that kind of shit, they don't use the references that I use. Mm. You know, like my boy Marco is calling the, this one character the Hound, the Derrick Rose of Westeros. <laughs> you know, because he's washed now and he can't got it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> can I say something? I I don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching this shit. Yeah, yeah. But um, homegirl named Daenerys. Daenerys, yeah. I thought that was a black girl. <laughs> just off the Twitter name? Off the name. <laughs> off the name. I was just like, nah, nah, she's super light-skinned. And my wife was like, no, no, it's not a black girl. And I'm like, yo, she's just super light. Oh, that's funny. Plus, she fucking talks to dragons. Yeah. You know it's got to be a black girl. <laughs> Some black girl magic shit. No, she's not a black girl, though. Not a black girl. Okay. That's All right. right. She yo, got the yo. Charlie Baltimore hue. Hey, listen, listen. <laughs> now, you're branching off. You're branching so we off got that, and I got a sports podcast coming out. Really? Well, who? Yeah, I'm going to do with, uh, you know, Kaz? Real life, oh, real, life yeah, real life calves, yeah, real life So real life calves, love cat, and then my boy Akash Singh, he's the guy who puts me on to all the Indian stuff. You gotta oh, yeah, check yeah, out yeah, Akash. Fuck yeah, yeah. Akash was on the episode before. We yo, yeah, yeah, Akash came out here. That's my best friend in comedy. I love Akash, and uh, so yeah, we're doing a sports podcast called Flagrant Two, mm-hmm. and uh, it's dope. The image of it is a silhouette of when Chris Childs gave Kobe the two piece. Oh, the two piece, yeah, yeah. yeah two piece yeah. for the biscuit. Where is yo? You gotta, you gotta get Chris Childs on the show. Son, I want to so bad. Where is he? I want to so bad. You know, fucking, you know, you know where he's at though, where? right? Don't tell me Europe or some crazy. Nah, shit. man. Where? He's in the States. He's in fucking Kobe's basement in a fucking gimp suit and a box. <laughs> <laughs> With a red ball in his mouth. On you know, you know, you know, Chris Charles used to drink hard body, right? Yeah, no. Chris Charles is a heavy drinker, man. Fucking Kobe got him. No. Kobe put him in a leather suit and, and got him in a fucking gimp box. Pulls his ass out once a year. Yo, uh, listen. Anyway. Gives, him, gives him a shot of Henny and Yo, punches him in the face. Put him back in the box. Yeah. You stupid. <laughs> Yo, that's the punishment. Internet, Dallas Penn, Andrew Schultz. Yeah. Check them out. Fuck with them. You know what it is. See you next episode. Cheers. Internet, if you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Again, that email is thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there, all my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? Email me at the Premium Pete Show at gmail.com and let's get working. 
Okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms or podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And we'll see you next episode. Cheer.